This is Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Welcome to Leadership in Motion. In this episode, we'll discuss dealing with bad bosses. This is, a, this is a very interesting subject. As I was doing the research, and I thought to myself, wow, because I just had a little dispute, a little conflict, a little bit of a disagreement with my supervisor at work. And I thought to myself, wow, you know what? This could be a pretty good podcast. Because what happens is, is that it basically arose so much anger, frustration, anxiety, and I had to go ahead and just vent. I have to go ahead and just vent because dealing with a difficult supervisor or boss can, can be very hectic. And one of the things that I learned while doing my research here is that, do you know that three out of four employees report that they work with a bad supervisor. They work for a bad supervisor, a difficult supervisor. Three out of four. So I thought to myself, wow, so it's not unusual. And you think about it, in, in the workplace, you know, how many times has this occurred, you know, to, to you personally? And I was, as I was looking back at my own personal experiences with supervisors from the time that I got my first job and I remember uh, a time when I used to work for the postal service. I was a letter carrier. And I remember hearing this supervisor cursing out this other letter carrier. And I'm, not, uh, and I'm talking about serious bad words. And one of the things about my podcast is that I, I try to keep it clean. I Honestly, I do not believe in cursing. I do not believe in using bad words because, to me, it's a sign of ignorance. If you have to go ahead and use profanity to actually get your message across, you're really not doing yourself a service, and you kind of bring discredit upon yourself. So I'm going to try my very best, honestly, to try to keep this nice and clean because although I am really upset about the situation that I found myself in the other day with the supervisor, I'm going to try to keep this clean. Now, one of the things that I learned is that because of the fact that there's so many people in the workplace, it looks like in some cases people are leaving jobs to get to another job, maybe to get a, a raise, a promotion, make some more money someplace else, maybe a different job, maybe closer to home, or do something that they really want to do. So people are leaving the workplace. And a lot of people that get promoted into these supervisory positions are promoted due to the fact that, well, we have absolutely nobody else, uh, so we might as well go ahead and promote Joe over here to be a supervisor, despite the fact that Joe doesn't really know how to be a supervisor, doesn't have any any experience being a supervisor, but guess what? They're going to go ahead and put this person to be in charge of others. So one of the things that I found out about bad supervisors are some common factors. One, unqualified. People, like I said, are promoted that are not qualified to be supervisors, never had the experience. They don't know what to do. They're just tossed into a situation. And because they're tossed into a situation, they get stressed out. Their, their boss is telling them to get this and this done, and they have no clue about how to do it. 
so they may think that well if they yell at everybody else and 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 basically try to threaten people oh they're going to go ahead and do what's expected of them rather than trying to find ways to motivate people to actually do the job, do what's expected of them, give them expectations of what needs to be accomplished. They have no clue of how to do that. But if they yell loud enough or they threaten you, uh, that's how they think that they're going to get by because they're not really qualified to do the job. And to be qualified, of course, you know, you need knowledge, skills, ability. In some cases, a lot of people don't have the knowledge of what it takes to do the job. They really don't. Oh, they were maybe a, a worker, maybe in the in the mail room, you know, taking care of something, and there's nothing against that. Or in some other little department, but now they're in charge of this whole entire unit, and they never had an idea of how the other units interact and how it all comes together. So they didn't have any knowledge, skills. They have no people skills in, in many cases. They have no communication skills. They don't know how to communicate effectively to people. And ability, the actual ability, the attitude to actually go out and do the job of a supervisor. They really don't. And that all falls under qualifications. Another thing is about bad supervisors is that they will not let go of mistakes. If you made a mistake somewhere down the line, maybe a couple weeks ago, you dropped a pallet that, that you were supposed to be putting on a shelf or something like that, and they constantly, constantly bring it back well, you know, you know, you screwed up that other day. You screwed up two weeks ago. Well, you screwed up, you know, last month on this and that. Dude, let go of it, okay? People make mistakes. Let go of it. And the problem with bad supervisors, bad bosses, is that they will never let go of anything. A mistake, a failure, is basically a process in the evolution of your development. You're learning by mistakes. But don't keep on nagging people about mistakes. Let go. And a lot of bad supervisors, they don't know how to let go. Constructive feedback. A lot of supervisors, bad supervisors, cannot take constructive feedback. They really can't. If, if you try to tell them, hey, you know what, maybe you should probably, probably try a different approach at trying to get so-and-so to do this or that and all that. They don't like feedback. They believe that what they're doing is right. This is the way that it's supposed to be. And many times, that's because of the fact that they actually came through the, the workforce. They, from their very first job, they had bad supervisors. And they actually believed it. Well, that's the way you're supposed to do it. If you're the boss, you need to go ahead and curse out everybody. You need to go ahead and yell at everybody. You need to go ahead and insult, humiliate, belittle people. Oh, that's the way to do it. Yeah, okay, that's the ticket. No, it isn't. Statistics show that over $360 billion a year is lost in productivity due to bad supervisors. It's not that they can't get the job done, but bad supervisors have a way of destroying an organization, destroying a culture of an organization. They have a way of actually bringing down a company. So... When a bad supervisor basically demotivates people from working, productivity suffers. Guess what? You know, that person that that supervisor yelled, so instead of giving 100% effort, guess what? I'm only going to do what's expected of me. Okay, and that's it.
that nobody's going to go above and beyond just because you yelled your voice, just because you're screaming at somebody, just because you humiliated somebody. If you're a supervisor and you have done this to somebody, you got to do some serious reflective thinking. You are not a good supervisor. I'm sorry to say it. And like I said, I'm going to try to keep this whole entire podcast nice and clean because that's the way I roll. But you need to do some reflective thinking of how to motivate people. You do not motivate people by yelling, screaming, humiliating, belittling, threatening people. Because that's not going to get it. There really isn't. Another thing that people identify with bad supervisors is lack of integrity. They break promises. And they're just dishonest. They, and that's, that's a main thing. Lack, integri- lack of integrity. Do what you say you're going to do. If you say that you're going to do this, okay, okay, we're going to go ahead and, and take care of these folks. We're going to go ahead and give you guys an award and recognition for, for the outstanding job that you did, and you never did it. You never gave them any type of award or recognition or something like that. Then you have no integrity. You break promises. Hey, you know what? If you guys get this done, okay, we're going to let you guys go home maybe 20 minutes early or half an hour early or whatever the case may be, but then so you never do it. You have no integrity. You're dishonest. Nobody wants to work for you. Another thing that people see in bad supervisors is lack of courage. Lack of courage. If all of a sudden the supervisor's boss is saying, okay, well, you guys need to go ahead and get this, this, and this done by 4 o'clock today, and you honestly know, let me tell you, that's not going to happen, okay? Because, you know, you can't paint 16 rooms and and do the priming and painting and and do this and this and that and get it all done by 4 o'clock because you know it's going to take three hours for this to, to dry or maybe the stucco to dry or for this or that. But they lack the courage of telling the boss, hey, you know what? I don't think that's going to be able to happen, okay? Have courage to actually speak out. And when you don't have the courage, people see that. And what's the word that's used with um, lack of courage? Um, Let me see. Coward? You're a coward. Nobody follows a coward. You never see, you know, an old cowboy movie. Oh, yeah, let's go that way. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, a coward is saying, let's go. Nobody follows a coward, you know? You need to have courage. You need to stand up for your people and stuff. And a lot of bad supervisors, they do not, they do not want to stand up, you know, for their employees. And people see that. Why should I work for you if you're not going to cover for me, if you're not going to go ahead and have my back, you know? Another thing that bad supervisors do is they basically cause discontent, uh, with fellow uh, employees. They basically pit one against the other. If I, if I told you, hey, something, hey, you know what? Why is it that so-and-so you know, doesn't have to do this or that and all that stuff? And the supervisor goes and runs and tells so-and-so, hey, you know, yeah, this was complaining that you weren't doing this or you, know, you can't you know, do that. and this. Dude, you have no integrity. You know, you, you're causing problems among your staff. And a lot of supervisors do that. They kind of want to have people fighting amongst themselves. They, they thrive on it. I don't know what kind of, you know, what they, how they get off on that, but they kind of like to have people fighting amongst themselves. Some other things that the bad supervisors do that's been um, recognized is 
They bend the rules. They bend the rules for certain people. They bend the rules for certain people. And uh, it's, that's called favoritism. It's basically, it's called favoritism. Some bad supervisors are reported to ask people to do inappropriate things. There was this uh, one YouTube that I saw where this one young lady that worked in a, in a restaurant and bar, uh, the boss told the, the employee, the, this young lady, oh, it's so-and-so's 80th birthday. He's here for his birthday. Uh, why don't you go over there and sit on his lap and wish him happy birthday? Um, inappropriate. <laughs> you know, that's definitely crosses the line. But the thing about it is some supervisors and some bad bosses, right, will ask you to do something inappropriate. So you have to go ahead and say, hey, you know what? I really don't feel comfortable with doing this or that. So you, you, have, to, you have to remember that. On the other side, one of the best things about bad bosses is that they teach you what not to be. They teach you how not to be a bad boss. Because when I saw these supervisors when I was working, like I said, with the Postal Service, and they were cursing at employees, I thought to myself, man, I never, ever want to do that. You know, I don't think that that's appropriate. I don't think that we should, you know, bosses should be cursing at employees. So here's some tips that you have to um, think about when dealing with a bad boss. Make sure that you're dealing with a bad boss. Maybe it's something that maybe you maybe it's just your perspective. Or so. Talk to other people. Do, do you actually think that maybe his comment was kind of off or maybe it's inappropriate or something? Talk to some of your fellow workmates and stuff, right? If they say, no, no, maybe it was just how you were thinking about it. No, no, he didn't mean nothing bad. Well, then maybe it was something that you thought of. Maybe it was your perspective or something that maybe you, were, you took it wrong. But if all of a sudden, right, you're talking about five to five or six people, and they tell you, you know what, that was very inappropriate of what this person said. You know, I can't believe he said that to you. Then obviously, yes, you're dealing with a bad boss. Another thing, another tip is identify your boss's motivation. Why, why is it that he wants, he, he needs to yell and scream at people? What is his motivation? And a lot of times is that he's getting pressure from above. And because he doesn't have the courage to tell the bosses, hey, you know what? I don't think we're going to be able to do this, you know, in an eight-hour shift. This is, may take us two days to get done. What's his motivation? His motivation is trying to keep his job. And basically because of the fact that he has a record of not performing, uh, that's, his, that's his motivation. He's trying to stay, stay afloat. Another thing is don't let your, your, your boss affect you. When your boss starts, you know, going off, remain. Uh, try to be positive. Try to be positive. Don't let it bother you. Just keep your cool. Just keep your cool. And I always tell people, I'm, I'm originally born and raised in Chicago. And I'm talking about the inner city of Chicago. Not, and not like I, I run into people all the time. Oh, and I say, oh, yeah, I'm from Chicago. Or they say, oh, yeah, I'm from Chicago, too. And I get so excited. Oh, wow, what part of, part of town? Oh, they say uh, uh, Joliet. Wait up, that's 45 miles away. That's not the inner city. In the inner city, for some odd reason, okay, we are learn. We, 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. We basically grow up knowing how to deal 
with people with bad attitudes. You know, we can confront basically what people call street smart. Street smart. You know, so when somebody starts giving me an attitude, I'm going to give that attitude right back. I see in my workplace, there's a lot of people who, they would just collapse. They're like, okay, well, whatever, whatever. Have some courage. Stand up for yourself. And if anything, I think living in the inner city of Chicago, it gave me the courage to stand up for myself, stand up for my rights. And that's what you have to do. Don't let the, the boss affect you. But if the boss does something to you, stand up for yourself because he wants to go ahead and press those buttons and actually basically show you who's boss. Another thing that you can do is stay ahead of the game. Stay ahead of what your supervisor is going to ask you. If you know that he's always going to say, hey, did you get this job done? Get this? Did he do this? Did he get that done? Just stay ahead of it. Get it done. Have it documented. Okay, bang, bang, bang. Okay, I'm, I'm already ahead of you, okay? I already got that work order. I already did that job. It's already done. I already spoke to this person. Stay ahead. So that way you don't give them any type of fuel for them to go ahead and, uh, and keep on harassing you and bothering you within the workplace. Another thing, set boundaries. Set boundaries. Okay? One of the things that happened to me in my workplace is that I had this supervisor, and he was, he was yelling at me. So what I did was I went into his office, I closed the door, and I told him straight up, you know what? I did not appreciate the way you spoke to me like that in front of everyone. I think that's unprofessional. I come here to do my job. I don't bother anybody. I do what's expected of me. I do not and will not accept that type of tone, behavior, and comment to insult, belittle, and humiliate me in front of everyone else. You need to go ahead and set your boundaries. The thing about it is, is that a lot of people won't do that. A lot of people will just go ahead and take it and put and shove their tail between their legs and, and just you know scurry off and everything like that. No. You need to go ahead and set your boundaries. You know what? I know my rights. I know where the EEO office is. I know where human resources is at. Set your boundaries. Let, let them know that, hey, you're not going to be a pushover so that they know that they can't mess with you. Okay. Another thing about bad supervisors is understand that they don't know everything, that they really don't know everything. Some supervisors, they climb the ladder of success within their organization, get to a certain position, but they are not probably uh, in tune with what's going on or how the job is or what it needs, uh, what you need to do to get the job done because they have moved up so much in rank within an organization that they're out of touch. So if you have to go ahead and say, well, the reason why this didn't happen was because, well, we don't do that anymore. Okay, this is the process now. So don't just assume because somebody is in a leadership position that they know how to do your job. You know, so that's something that you have to understand. So that way, like I said, it might be you know a perspective thing that maybe the supervisor just didn't understand how to get the job done when he communicated you to do maybe paint 16 rooms in, in eight hours when it was impossible to actually do and stuff, right? Another thing is act like a leader. Act like a leader. And I like this approach because it basically 
it sets a tone. It sets a tone that within your workplace, you're someone that's knowledgeable, skillful, can communicate, professional. Set the tone. Act like the leader. You know, even though your boss, who's supposed to actually set the tone and, and do the same thing, is not. So set the tone. Act like a leader. Know what what you know. Know your boss's job. Know your boss's job. And because what happens is is that when they understand that you understand what they they are supposed to do, what they're supposed to, how they're supposed to get the job done, then you kind of like you just disarmed them, just totally disarmed them. Because now they know they can't push you over. So. Another thing is identify the things that are key triggers, things that that you know that your supervisor is going to get upset about all the time. It's, this person's going to constantly yell at you. Then that's basically maybe being late for work in the morning, maybe taking a little bit longer on your break, or maybe you know texting during a meeting, or doing anything. Find out what are the triggers that this this guy is constantly going to go ahead and, and yell at you for. And just try to eliminate some of those things. If it means that you have to get to work maybe about 10 minutes earlier because of the fact that you're constantly coming in at exactly the time you're supposed to be there or maybe a couple minutes after, just take a look at what you're doing. Maybe it's something that you can just adjust. Or, you know, if you're going to be at a meeting, just shut off your cell phone. You know, don't take text messages or anything like that. Find out what are the triggers. What actually makes these people upset. Uh, another thing is is avoid future bad bosses. And you know, this is kind of if you're looking for another job, if you're looking for another job somewhere else, you know, you may have to go ahead and do a little bit of research on the company. Maybe talk to somebody who works at the company or worked at the company and maybe get a little bit of feedback and say, "Hey, you know what? I know that you work for a so-and-so company. How, how is it like? You know, what, what do you think about it?" If they tell you, oh, man, that was a great place to work, the only thing about it is that the pay was a little bit you know, low and, and I got a better paying job this place or that place, okay. But the people are nice, the people are, are kind, and, and then so you, you know what you're going to get yourself into. But unfortunately, in some organizations, uh, you're in a company and you're doing good and you've got good supervisors and everything, but then so those supervisors decide to go ahead and move on to another company or another department or something. And then so all of a sudden, right, they bring in somebody that's just totally out there. And in those cases, you really can't, uh, you know, avoid, you know, what you get. But the thing about it is, is that, you know, if you're going to take a look at another job, do your homework and find out about the job, the culture of the job, and something that might be more suitable, you know, for your job. But if you're stuck in a situation where you got a supervisor, bad supervisor that just came in and everything, right? So uh, one of the things that I always tell people, nothing, nothing in the world exists unless it's documented. Unless it's documented. So if you go, if all of a sudden you have a supervisor come in, and this supervisor is giving everybody uh, a bad attitude, and you can tell right off the bat, you know what? This doesn't look too good, you know. I may need to just go ahead and start, you know, writing down some of these things that this boss is actually saying. And I actually, actually wrote down some of the comments that I actually heard within the workplace. 
Um, here are some comments from bad bosses. Okay. The first one, I don't pay you to think. Wow, that really motivates me. <laughs> okay, so in other words, just do your job. Don't think. Okay, I don't pay you to think. Wow, that, 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 that really insults me and belittles me and stuff, right? Here's another one. I'm the boss. You will do what I tell you. Excuse me, I understand you're the boss. Now, if a boss has to tell you constantly, I'm the boss, obviously, they have no confidence in themselves. Absolutely zero confidence, zero integrity. They have to remind you that they are the boss. So that is another downer. You're not going to motivate people by reminding them that you're the boss. Okay, wow, big deal, big whip, you're the boss. I, that really doesn't motivate me. And I'm sure it doesn't motivate you. Here's another one that I, that I heard. And this is after a suicide prevention briefing. A suicide prevention briefing, which was designed to tell employees, hey, you know, if you're feeling depressed, you know, have anxiety, if you're having problems at home, if you're having thoughts of committing suicide, okay, you know, um, this organization has programs that you can go ahead and speak to a chaplain or EAP counselor or maybe whoever to get you help, maybe some mental help uh, to make sure that you are not going to commit suicide and stuff. And this is immediately after this briefing, the supervisor told his employees, if you're thinking about doing suicide, make sure you do it outside of work. Uh, wow, okay. Uh, and there, I was just about to go... Uh, <laughs> And, and use some profanity and stuff like that, right? But no, I'm trying to keep it straight, clean. Just trying to keep it clean. How can a supervisor, you know, even have the nerve to even say that in a situation such as this? And one of the things you have to think about is that this suicide prevention briefing happened after somebody committed suicide within the organization. And that's the whole entire reason why they were having the briefing. So for a supervisor to go ahead and, and just come out and say, hey, if you're thinking about committing suicide, make sure you do it off work. You know, it, it's sort of like, you know, I just couldn't understand that somebody could actually say that to their employees. Here's another one that actually came from a manager within an organization when people, right after they commit, um, completed their employee survey, employee survey, which basically is, you know, found problems within the organizations and this and that, right? And the way he addressed the employees who were making comments about, hey, bad leadership, bad communications, and no opportunities and stuff, this is the, what, what he actually said. If you don't like it here, you can always leave. If you don't like it here, you can always leave. You know, you know we've heard that, you know, in this political era that we're in. If you don't like it here, you can always leave. So rather than addressing the issues, the problems, the things that people actually have concern, concerns about, oh, yeah, this is how we're going to solve this. You can always leave. That is so unprofessional. That is, You should be creating bridges and helping your employees to, to grow. If they have concerns, show them that you have, you're going to go ahead and take care of these concerns. Not just tell them, hey, yeah, just go ahead and leave. Now, here's another one that, you know, I 
this, you know, when I heard this, you know, I, I was like, and again, this is my Chicago attitude and stuff, right? I was ready maybe to punch somebody, okay? And, and that is, and because I'm a person of color, okay, maybe not too much color, but I'm a person of color, okay? And when somebody says to you, do you understand English? Do you want, dude, <laughs> you need to step back, okay? Because that is not a good thing to tell your employees. You know, obviously I know how to speak English, but when you say that to somebody, wow, it, it's, it's a major insult. Just because you told them to do something that's maybe inappropriate, maybe illegal, or maybe something wrong or something like that, and they, they come up with that line. Wow. Well, if this was the city of Chicago, <laughs> there's no faster way to getting your, your, your teeth knocked out. It, it really isn't. Oh, here's another one that uh, a bad boss supervisor actually told an employee, am I talking too fast for you? Am I talking too fast for you? Uh, that, that is like, again, you're insulting somebody's intelligence. And these are actual comments from actual bosses in the workplace. So it, it's, it's kind of crazy to think about that these are people who are put into positions of authority. Somebody above them thought, hey, well, you know, this person is probably the best person for the job. Now you have to also think about their integrity, their competency to actually hire that type of an individual to be a supervisor who thinks that that's the type of person that we need to motivate people within the workplace. So that's kind of, it's kind of crazy to think about. But there are people out there that have that attitude. And... One of the things, like I just said, is that $360 billion a year is lost due to bad bosses. $360 billion lost in productivity due to bad bosses. And a lot of it, too, is due to health issues. Hey, and, and I'll admit, let me tell you, if my supervisor is having, you know, is, is giving me some grief, I got high blood pressure. I do not need to elevate it anymore. And if my blood pressure is high, uh, I'm, I'm going to call in. I'm going to call in sick. I, I will. Because my health is more important than anything. And health-related issues due to bad supervisors, bad managers, bad bosses are basically um, related to stress, to depression, anxiety, and employees feel that they're being victimized. So there's a lot of health-related issues that come about because of bad bosses. So if you're a manager and you need to seriously take a look at what your supervisors are doing, you, start, you need to go ahead and answer and actually find out where are the complaints coming from, what's happening. And I'm sure if somebody complains to the HR department, you know, they're going to go ahead and get some, uh, some uh, documentation. Here's some of the tips that you can actually do to, to deal with a bad boss. Be the best that you can be. Be the best that you can be. Whatever it is. If you're a computer programmer, if you're a cook, if, if you're a mechanic, just be the best that you can be. Do your job. Do the best that you can. Do, do whatever you, you have to do so that 
nobody can criticize you. Nobody can say anything about about you. They can't say, hey, well, you know, he never gets his job done. No, because you always get your job done. Oh, he doesn't do this right. No, because you know your job. Be the best that you can be. Two, confidence in yourself. Feel, feel that you have confidence. Feel like you can do anything. You can do and accomplish anything, you know, because the thing about it is that bad supervisors will actually feed off of people without confidence so that that way they can scare, humiliate, intimidate um, those people. Stand up for yourself. you got to stand up for yourself. So when this supervisor manager is yelling at you, stand up for yourself. Know your rights. And if you have to go ahead and visit HR and find out if you work in, in a business that has a union, read the Memorandum of Understanding. Because the Memorandum of Understanding states your responsibilities, management's responsibilities, and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves within our workplace. If a supervisor is violating the memorandum of understanding, then you need to go ahead and you know, stand up for yourself and say, hey, you know what? I know my rights, okay? You don't need to be talking to me like this. I know my rights. I don't need to be doing that. That's inappropriate. That's against the rules, regulation, the law, whatever the case may be. And sometimes that's very hard to stand up for yourself. Because I had a supervisor that wanted me to go ahead and write up somebody because they were using their FMLA leave because they were sick. They had anxiety. They had a little bit of depression and stuff, and they wanted me to write them up. That's against the law. Stand up for yourself. Know your rights. Uh, another thing, another big thing is attitude. You know, have the po- positive attitude, positive attitude. You know, you if you see that your supervisor is giving you grief, you know what? That's fine because that's his attitude. That's not your attitude. One of the things that Stephen Covey said is never allow somebody else to take over your feelings and your emotions. And that's a good attitude to have because if you have a supervisor that is just just totally negative all the time, constantly yelling at you and stuff like that, just smile. Yes, okay, no problem. Thank you. Okay, I got it. But if you go ahead and start, you know, back and forth, back and forth, you're really not winning anything. And that's actually what he's feeding off of. He wants you to go ahead and, and have a negative, bad attitude also. So, no, have a good, positive attitude. And sometimes you may have to, you know, ch- you know check it at the door. Okay, cool, no problem. Uh, and another thing that, you know, is it's a good tip, like I said before, right, is confront your boss. Confront your boss. You know, I really didn't like the way you talked to me then. Uh, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that approach. I do not expect that, you know, for you to do that again because I will go ahead and do whatever I have to do. And the thing about it is know your rights. Report to your HR department. Find out who in labor relations you need to go ahead and talk to to make a report. Okay, that so-and-so did this, called me this, called me that, you know, said this, confronted, uh, and is creating a hostile work environment. That's a key word right there, a hostile work environment. Because when it comes to an EEO, creation of a hostile work environment is any type of an environment that actually discourages employees, that basically um, creates, creates um, can actually create danger within a workplace. A lot of workplace violence uh, is, is produced because of somebody creating a hostile work environment. So know your rights. Okay, report to HR. Document, document, document. So if you get into a situation where a supervisor just came in and 
all of a sudden, right, he starts, you know, saying things like some of those comments. Okay, I'm the boss. I'm this and this and that. You know what? Okay, no problem. I'm just going to go ahead and keep a journal. The best thing to do is keep a journal. You know why? Because it's permissible, especially when you're going through an EEO hearing or if you're going through mitigation or any type of legal, uh, you know, course of action and stuff. That journal that you have, that you put a date, and you said, okay, so-and-so was yelling at me in front of this place, uh, in front of these people, put down the names, the date, the time, what happened, when, where, why it happened, bang, keep that journal. Because the more precise you are in that journal, right, the more a EEO hearing judge is going to say, well, you know what, he actually has it documented 15 times that you did this and this and that, you know, to him. And, you know, and he told you that, hey, this is creating a hostile work environment. So that way you have something to stand on. Documentation is everything. And like I said previously, nothing exists unless it's documented. You have to, you have to go ahead and, and keep that journal. So that's a lot of information that I have out there. And like I said, you know, um, three out of four employees report that they work for a bad, bad supervisor, boss, manager in some cases and stuff. You're, you're not the only one out there, okay? So hopefully uh, you'll get some of these tips. Maybe, uh, like I said, document. And the worst-case scenario, worst-case scenario, you tried everything, okay? You tried everything. And uh, then you need to see about finding someplace else because, you know, I, in fact, that was the situation that I was in one time when, you know, I was working for the Postal Service, and I'm like, darn. There's absolutely no way how I can change this workplace. I can report everything I, I can about this hostile work environment. Uh, but sometimes the hostile work environment is part of the culture. It's part of the organizational culture. Because, and you can tell you, it is, when you go from like your department and you go to a different department and it's the same type of attitude, and then so maybe you go to another department, it's the same attitude, and this, you, maybe you talk to people in different departments within the same organization, and it's the same type of attitude and all that, then obviously it's the organizational culture. It's the organizational culture. And that's the worst thing because you can't change an organizational culture that's so deeply rooted within this type of attitude and behavior. You, you really can't. So, you know, you throw yourself, you throw your hands up in frustration, and you're like, Wow. There's nothing I can do here, you know, with this organization. The only thing that you can do and hope to do is maybe find another job, you know, unfortunately. If it's something that – if that's, that was the job that you really liked, but, you know, the, the attitude, the organizational culture is really bad, it's not a good fit. You know, if, if you find yourself depressed, if you find yourself every morning saying, damn, I don't want to go to work. I hate this job. I hate this job. You know, I just don't want to go to work. I, you know, you dread getting up in the morning. <laughs> Obviously, that's really not a good place to, to be working. And nine out of ten times, it's not the job itself. It's the confrontation that you know is going to happen. I know so-and-so is going to get on my case about something. You know, I, it, it's, it's, not, it's not good because, like I said, it leads to depression, anxiety, stress. You know, and in some cases, it leads to alcoholism. Some people, they, they, they basically will go ahead and start to drink, you know, because they hate um, going to work. 
So it shouldn't be in that situation. If you find yourself in that situation, right, talk to someone. Okay, talk to to a counselor. Maybe maybe you know somebody in your church, synagogue, or or mosque, who whatever. Okay, talk to someone. You need you need that support group to, uh, that can probably say, hey, you know what? No, you don't you don't need that job. You don't need that attitude. Okay, you're gonna put yourself in the ground. Because let me tell you, when I left the postal service, and with all the frustration and all the frustration that I was going through, I was working about 11 hours a day, and, and co- people constantly yelling and screaming, you know. And I'm talking about people above me, and I was a manager, you know. I was like, my God, my blood pressure was 285 over 175. 285 over 175. The doctors could not believe that I didn't have a heart attack. They were actually looking in my eyes, and they were saying, "Israel, okay, okay, look straight ahead." And can uh, move your eyes left and right and stuff, right? And they were like, wow, why is this guy still alive? This guy should be dead. But that was because the stress and uh, everything that I was going through, the anxiety about going to work. So the health issues are real. Nobody should work for a bad boss. They really shouldn't. But like I said, three out of four people, three out of four people are working for a bad boss. And well, I'm hoping that you get something out of this, and I'm hoping that if you're in a bad situation, right? Like I said, if you want to stay in the job, document, report, do everything that you have to do, file an EEO, if you whatever, document, document, document. But like I said, right now in this uh, work environment, there's so many um, jobs out there that you can actually do. So a lot, everybody's just about everybody's hiring, and, and I couldn't believe how uh, I just heard Bank of America in about the next two years they're going to be be paying. Entry level twenty dollars an hour, twenty dollars an hour for entry level positions. There's jobs out there. Okay, you don't have to put up with this bad supervisor situation. Do deal with it if you can, if you want to stay in the job. But there's other jobs out there, and um, unfortunately, you know, you, you may have to go ahead and do that. Anyway, I'd like to thank you very much for listening to my podcast. Uh, I'd like to uh, invite you to check out our Patreon page, and. It is our whole entire goal to create a online learning, probably like a little institute, maybe not like a actual school, maybe workshops online, and actually create an outreach program where we can go out and actually um, teach people, maybe at churches, maybe at after school, maybe about leadership and how to deal with hostile work environment too. Uh, so that's what our Patreon page is for. And we're hoping to um, to raise enough money to actually do that. Um, so contribute if you can. Also check out uh, Smashwords. Smashwords, we have some self-help books out there that you can go ahead and uh, purchase, and we really do appreciate it. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to our podcast. And if you'd like to drop us a line at leadershipinmotion036 at gmail.com. Um, our email's there, and uh, we'll go ahead and write back to you. And as always, take the lead today for a better tomorrow. This has been Leadership in Motion with Dr. Israel Molina. Please subscribe to our podcast.